0: The Braving Business Podcast is brought to you by, well, me. I'm PJ Benoit and have been in the domestic and international logistics and transportation field for over three decades. Are you looking to ship literally anything, direct-to-consumer or business-to-business, small package, pallet and freight, truckload, international air and ocean, warehousing and distribution, and so much more? Let's connect. Go to shipwithpj.com to learn more. That's shipwithpj.com. And now for the show.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Braving Business podcast, where we talk about resilience, we talk about overcoming, we talk about people achieving and people believing and uh i'm joined today by an incredible guest ken bogard uh from no honesty but uh but before we get to ken i i want to i want to congratulate my uh my executive producer and co-host pj benoit who celebrated a birthday yesterday and and he is um not only uh not in any way shape or form older but just wiser uh but he also managed to get up extremely early today <laughs> um for the podcast for which i'm quite grateful so uh who, pj who? happy birthday sir thank you so much who said i ever went to sleep <laughs> ah, wow I mean, okay all right it was that kind of night <laughs> it was that
0: kind of night yeah, i'd love was, to hear was, that what did you guys do nice.
1: did, did Kara treat you right did, did you get did you get a nice dinner did you what did you what tra- always tell me about, about right.
0: it so we were um celebrated a little bit with the kids our kids are all all over the place. I have a daughter currently today is in Iceland. I have another one who's out in California. Um, We have three kids who are about to start high school tomorrow, not start, but another year of high school tomorrow. So there's a lot going on. So I I kind of celebrated a meandering gift giving and and all that kind of fun stuff, which was awesome. And then last night we went downtown Chicago to a place called Obelix, which is a French restaurant and it was uh, highly touted and it Uh, it actually was better than... Which usually
1: means the portions are really, really small and the bill is really, really long. That's basically what it means. Yeah, Yeah. But how was it?
0: It was wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely wonderful.
1: What'd you get for a gift?
0: Oh, boy. Well, I bought myself... (laughs) <laughs> a um what's known as a yak grill it's a it's a small tabletop grill because i'm on a competitive barbecue team as well so we're going down to the american royal down in kansas city uh to be a part of a we did this last year and this year it's you know 500 and something teams so uh i'm doing veggies this year so i got a, a this grill that's portable and easily cleaned and easy to use and doesn't take up a lot of space in the car for an eight-hour drive so that was right. that was the big gift.
2: You know, some, sometimes you got to tickle yourself,
1: right? So I guess if, you know, you're going to buy your own gift, you know, it's cool. You know, you know, it's funny, you know, you're getting, you know, I don't want to say again, I'm not going to say older. I'm just going to say, uh, well, you know, a little older, a little wiser <laughs> when that's the gift you buy yourself and you're pretty darn excited about it. You're like yeah. I've got this great tabletop grill.
0: Life's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I appreciate it. I mean, you were, you know, when you first started talking about my birthday, I was, I, I felt like I should say, Hey, I made it. <laughs> but uh oh, come
1: on, you're you're still a very young man with, oh, with decades in front of you, yes. hopefully. Knock on hopefully. wood.
0: Of course, of course. But I I am so thankful for Utah, and and of course, I'm very much looking forward to uh learning all about all about our fantastic guest today,
1: Mr. And ben. that's a great segue to uh, another young man. Actually, he is genuinely young, unlike you and I. Uh Ken Bogard is our guest today. He's the founder of No Honesty. He's also the co-founder of the Visionary Forum and an expert EOS implementer, his no-honesty approach has delivered significant gains, financial and otherwise, improved leadership collaboration, structured strategic direction, and developed build to last mentalities with numerous small and medium-sized organizations. Ken is enthusiastic about results, about life experiences, entrepreneurial grit, and helping leaders achieve their goals. But beyond that, he's a really interesting guy with a very, very interesting life story uh in a really cool company so ken it's an honor to have you on the braving business podcast thank you for joining us tal pj a pleasure
2: pj happy birthday like i feel a part of it which is very special to me so
1: uh this is good thanks for having me guys thank of you so course much. it's our pleasure we're gonna jump right in because I think uh, you know just by the the mere name "no honesty" is so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like my listener to understand what "no honesty" is all about right out of the gate. What is the essence of "no honesty"? And that's K N O W, yeah. not <laughs> N O, right? So we're talking yeah. the opposite of "no honesty." So yes, Kno, uh, Kno honesty. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. And I think I love that the
2: listeners are hearing no honesty, right? It's, it's by design. And and no honesty re- was really developed out of a disdain for a lack of honesty in business. Um, I'll share a quick story with you. I had a professor in, in college, and this professor, it was a marketing class. Uh, his name is Robert Fry, father of James Fry, if you know who that is. Wrote a million little pieces, got spanked on Oprah, mm-hmm. if you remember that. His father, Robert Fry, big whirlpool executive. I uh, was just drooling, salivating over this man who had, you know, just all this life experience. And he's talking to the class on day one, and he says to them, uh, says to us, he says, "The single biggest issue in companies is." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to get my money worth." Here we go. What's it going to be? And he said, "The single biggest issue is communication." And I'm like, "Oh." I remember dropping my pen. I'm like, there's no way grown human adults cannot effectively communicate. I I just, I thought, no way. Then I start getting into the working world and I start experiencing a true lack of honesty in what it does to employees, what it does to bosses, what it does to entrepreneurs. And I'm like, it's ripping people apart. And so there's a complete lack of honesty. I lack honesty, you lack honesty. 8 billion people in this world lack honesty. And it's hurting our ability to communicate. So about seven years ago, I developed um, this idea of no honesty. And then I transitioned to EOS. And so I have an EOS franchise where we help people implement vision traction healthy into their organization. And I've been doing that for about seven years. And then I brought no honesty back. And I'm like, you know, the, the single biggest problem is communication. And what this world needs is people to be 100% open
1: and 100% honest. And so really, that's what... no one. Ken, Ken can are we even 100% about. open and 100% honest with ourselves? Yeah, at times, right?
2: And then most of the time, we're not. And so it's, it's just a mixed bag. So there's going to be moments where you connect with somebody. Like, just think about your closest relationship. And I don't know, it's a very serious topic that you have to talk about. You have no choice you're probably going to be in one of your highest state of minds in terms of being honest and open in that moment. But I mean, when you're just meeting a stranger, you're not real close with somebody or you don't have trust. There is a huge absence of open and honest all over the place. So it's really about moments. There's moments where where you're hundred percent honest, but most of the time you're hovering at 80, 50
1: and even lower. Right, and you feel that in in the business world, where where would you say the the average CEO or entrepreneur hovers around? Yeah,
2: so they hover. It's probably right around seventy percent honest,
1: and about sixty percent open. Is is that would you say that that's true? Especially on an entrepreneurial spirit, often when you're getting started, you're selling a dream. You're selling a dream. You don't even have necessarily a product or. Um, Certainly, oftentimes you don't have clients, right? Is is is? Tell me the difference between vision and dishonesty.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it all depends on the person. I mean, there's some people who are are selling something they don't really care about, and so actually, before I get into that, hold your question. I I want to define honesty and openness so everybody's clear on what I mean because we've screwed it up. I mean, we really effed those two things up between people. So you hear it all the time, right? You hear it on reality TV shows and they're like, hey, be open and honest with me. And what most people hear is just the honest side. So it's really important we have both sides. So if I can just quickly define it for you. Honesty means to be truly and freely yourself. That's what honesty means to me. Speaking into what you want and how you feel. That's what I would want from you guys on this podcast, right? I wouldn't want you guys to BS me sugarcoat anything. I want the real you. That's who I want in my life. On the openness side, openness is to listen without reservation, to put your own needs and wants on pause for somebody else when they're talking. So when PJ talks, I'm shutting it down for myself. And I'm totally in tune with what he's saying. And if we do that, we have real pure communication with one another. Now, sometimes a vision, so back to your question, what's the, can you, what was it? You can, can you have a hundred percent vision? What was it?
1: No, I was just a question of what is the difference between, you know, vision and dishonesty, because sometimes vision represents a dream, uh, where you, where you aspire to go. I guess, I guess, I guess, I'll, I'll, well, I won't answer the question, but I think that, uh, I, one thing comes to mind is, is, you know, you don't pretend that something exists when it does. And you you talk about it as vision. I guess that's, that's yep. one way. Is, is that, is that all of it? Is that really just about acknowledging, which by the way, is not always easy because if you're, you know, if you're out there selling even established companies, we all know the the story of how Bill Gates uh, sold, uh, uh you know, sold uh, uh MS-DOS and didn't actually own it. Didn't actually have the software yet. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're, when you're faking it,
2: you're uncomfortable on your own skin. Right. And so I, I think what I try to encourage my entrepreneurs that I work with to do is just be honest. I, I cannot help you if you're not honest. So perhaps you love the vision that you have. You're bought into the vision and where you're going. Um, but but you can lie about it. But let's take it somewhere else. So like an employee that works for an organization and it has a vision and the employee can't stand the vision. Well, to a degree, they're being dishonest or they're not truly and freely themselves. But they're not comfortable with the organization they're in. And so what happens is they lack a little more fire. Uh, They don't work as hard for the organization. So they're disconnected from the vision. And what I hope for all entrepreneurs is they love their own vision. If you don't love it, it's kind of like you got to fake it. Right. And if you're faking it, you're disconnected from it. You're less committed to it. It's less likely to happen uh, because you're faking it. And so, you know, the enemy of honesty is fake. What'd you have there, PJ?
0: No, so so true. And and one real quick back thing. You mentioned EOS for the listeners Mm -hmm. who don't know that. Could you give the submission of what that is?
2: Yeah, super. EOS is this brilliant operating system that helps organizations get what they want out of their business by implementing vision, traction, and healthy. So it's a complete set of simple, holistic tools designed to accomplish those three things. So just quickly, what that means is vision is where are we going and how are we going to get there? Traction is everybody being accountable and disciplined, executing really well on that vision, right? That's what you want. That's not a bad word, by the way. You want people to be accountable and disciplined in the organization. And then finally, healthy, meaning they're healthy, functional and cohesive, working really well together. So as goes that leadership team, there goes the rest of the organization. So for nearly seven years, I've been implementing EOS into these organizations. And so I again, gotta say that
1: that's a that's a really interesting acronym, EOS and, and what you just said was VTH. So it's uh, you know, this is corporate America its best for you. We are gonna give <laughs> yeah, you an acronym. Sure. It means absolutely nothing. It's not actually what we mean, but there you go, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> no, hey, Kyle, I'm interested. Yeah. How would you have answered the question between the relationship of honesty and vision? Yeah, it's a great question i mean look i mean i've uh in my earlier days when i started uh companies my uh my inclination was to believe that faking it until you make it is uh the way it's done and and frankly i've done that and i think that my um you know the story i told myself and i think ultimately all of us tell ourselves stories the story i told myself is that i'm not being dishonest because I am describing what I intend to do exactly as I intend to do it, mm-hmm. and obviously for me to be able to do it, someone would have to lean in and give me the opportunity, and that's that's how I saw it on the early days. Yeah. Um, but it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Fine.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very interesting. First of all, this is such an incredible topic. Um, I love this because it isn't it isn't just about business. It's also about personal relationships as well, right? Communication is the bedrock of. Kind of like our humanity, telling stories, getting people to understand what you're, what you're trying to achieve, building the vision, building the goal, is all about how you know Homo sapiens came to came to knock out the Neanderthals, who I guess were s- smarter than us. But um, is love- that true? I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Neanderthals were smarter than us. This- I knew they
1: were much much more muscular. I remember being very very jealous of Neanderthal uh, men when I was a teenager, looking at their physiques. Yeah. At least at least how they were drawn in in the books I was looking at. They were more
0: they were more cynical, right? Homo sapiens were better about rallying around a story, which Mm. enabled them to coalesce better than the Neanderthals did. So I'm not an expert. I'm not an anthropologist. I'm just How
1: in God's name do we know the Neanderthals are cynical?
0: Um I don't know. You saw the commercials, the Geico commercials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PJ, he sold right. it. It was so believable. I'm oh, yeah. like, right. oh, this okay. is interesting. How do you know this? Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look up the gentleman's name, but he wrote he it wrote like oh. a, it was like the history of mankind or something. It was very interesting in regards to how story has, has been like a, the prevailing social network of humanity. And, and how... Now,
2: if you didn't double check him, I was gonna go tell
1: everybody. But I just learned oh, from well, PJ. so you know this I, is. I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, you're welcome. Well, you know uh, what? Ken. I'm
0: being open and honest here, gentlemen. There you go. So, hey, it's right. great. All right. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I love, I love the fact that we're we're talking about, you know how, how honesty lands and how openness lands. Because when you say open, I always think of vulnerability, right? When mm-hmm. if if I am if I'm going to be open to someone. I'm trying to let down my guard. I'm trying to not be from a not not be there with a defensive standpoint. And yeah. um, I think that that's uh, how how do you think that would be really great? I, I know you're talking about leaders and their vision and, and 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 I love the whole let's let's get the whole team around. let's get accountability because that's sorely lacking in in business. Yeah. Um, how do you keep these how do you keep people? these, this EOS, um, mentality, how do you keep that in mind for them as they move forward where they can, where they can enact that every day? You know what I mean? Like, like how how does that become a part of their daily routine?
2: Well, there's EOS and then there's no honesty, right? So I got these two things going and no honesty is, is about to launch. And there's, there's two things. Let me give you the quick answer on EOS. It's, it's so simple. It's just an incredible, incredible offering to business owners. It's just so, the beauty is it, and it's simplicity. And we make things way too complex. And it also has this very sticky cadence. And so there's this cadence that you have to stick to so quarterly annually weekly your teams are coming together humans are coming together to connect over some of the most difficult controversial topics in their organization and because of that stickiness and that cadence and the simplicity man it's just this magical recipe to help entrepreneurs get what they want on the on the no honesty side of things where I'm really focused on, I, I consider myself an open and honest expert uh, in large part because of all the work I've done with EOS and my obsession over this topic from my youth to today. But I, I simply always remind people that you must be these two things. So for Tall, if Tall and I were ever to engage in some sort of business uh, or some sort of strategic partnership, um, how I start off every relationship. Is that, that I a proposal,
0: have.
2: Ken? I, I don't know. It could be, I'm open-minded, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to listen right. to your proposition. Do you guys want to alone? I could,
0: I could leave. I could, yeah. <laughs> no, PJ, we want you here right
2: there. <laughs> we need somebody to facilitate this deal. Uh, so, so for, for tall, I'm telling them like, if we're going to work together, here's what I need you to be. I need you to be a hundred percent honest with me, right? Be truly and freely yourself. No BS. At speaking to exactly what you want and how you feel with me. And I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to completely listen without reservation. And then here's the deal, Lotal. I'm going to be 100% honest back at you. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and what I want. But I ask that you be totally open to it. Now, if we have an exchange of these two things, what we have is access to real communication. Pure, clean, real communication. And why in the hell? would we want anything different than that and yeah, so let i me, let me push you under- on one thing let me yeah, push you on
1: one thing that i think is uh you know i have often uh in fact recently i've uh, come across a, a person that i i think actually i think the world of and um and she presented uh herself as someone that is uh you know is a truth teller or you know uh, say say like it is right yeah which which sounds like a version of this on some level it sounds like you know say i mean you're going to tell me like it is You basically said that right just now what I find is that there's a big risk when people, uh, believe that, you know, they're calling card, as they say, like it is that they're going to offend. So c- can you mention, can, can you talk about the importance of being a disciplined communicator, uh, a thoughtful communicator and, uh, and a kind communicator as you communicate truth? Mm-hmm. It's good. The First of all, honesty without
2: openness doesn't work, right? So just imagine if you were completely, everybody was 100% honest, saying whatever the hell they wanted to say, however they wanted to say it, but nobody was open to it. It's meaningless. It means nothing. There is no exchange, right? And what happens is a lot of time, like people just aren't open to hearing it. So Tal, if you were really aggressive with me and you were just you were saying how you really felt about me, if I'm not open to it, that means I'm throwing up a wall. I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to it. And so what I'm trying to teach people is like like honesty is great. Quite frankly, people love honesty because it, it's more about me, myself and I when you talk about honesty. But what I really want everybody in the world to hear is how important openness is. How important it is for us to listen to one another without reservation, to take it in and successfully let it go so it doesn't build itself into you and ruin you as a human being. Um, But if we can have those kind of exchanges, you can handle honesty easier. And so really teaching people openness is really hard. So a lot of times I think of dictatorship type entrepreneurs and they just command the room and they don't listen to anybody's ideas. I may mean, that doesn't work for most entrepreneurial organizations. It can work. Um, but but man, you're ruining relationships left, left and right. Now to communicate your honesty though, I'm not telling people to be brutally honest. So I'll be clear about that. Brutally honesty is brutal honesty is the wrong
1: way to deliver honesty. It's, it's the total wrong. And, and br- brutal is subjective, right? So some, for some people, I'm not being brutal. I'm just being truthful. I'm just telling you like it is, you know? And uh, I, I completely agree with you. Actually, you know, if, if you have a do-over, um, you know, no honesty could be kind honesty or no kind honesty. Because I think, I, I don't think that uh, you disagree that honesty without kindness um, is probably not going to work or at least not going to create the kind of environment where people can... Remain engaged, open, and honest. Would you agree with that? Mostly. So I I will
2: tell you that I've gotten to the point where I can hear nearly anything and be open to it. Right. So I so I can receive brutal honesty. You know, I've just gotten to a point where I'm so used to this. I've heard so many things in the session room. You know, just sometimes terrible, awful things, and sometimes very direct and brutal things to me. But But I've really learned how to be open and just listen without reservation to it, but also hand my honesty back at that person. However, I choose to be honest with kindness. So I do believe you can be 100% honest and 100% loving at the same time.
1: Now, that's a strong word for business owners. Not at all. I actually think it's a beautiful word and an appropriate word and a word that needs to be used more in business. Hell yeah! Um, I absolutely agree with you about that. I think love is love has a place in the boardroom. Love has a place in communication between leadership and and uh, and and, and uh, the everyday employee. Love uh-huh. absolutely belongs in in whether you're an entrepreneur starting out um, or running a big company. Yeah,
2: yeah. I saw a post. Somebody was posting on LinkedIn. They were talking about. You know, if if you do business with these four things, you know, given the listicle type thing, yeah. and and I'm like looking at this list, and I'm like, you know what's missing? Like if entrepreneurs poured their love into it, people feel that, mm-hmm. like it vibrates through the rest of people, right? Like, Tal, if you love this podcast and PJ, you love this podcast. I mean, you're you're first of all, your interviewees are are gonna love you too right just it, that stuff is so contagious and but it, it strengthens relationships it strengthens your ability to communicate it strengthens your connection
1: your ability to listen man love is so key and we don't talk about it enough you know what's interesting pj since since ken's about you know it's almost like ken has taken truth serum so we could pretty much ask him anything and since he believes in no honesty he'll tell us the truth ken what do you think about my shirt how do i look today
2: I don't know. I thought you might be chopping some wood uh, later,
0: or you know. <laughs> I love uh, it actually. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's a laid back feel, so it's good. I, Thank I you. Th- yeah, I think you look great.
2: I
1: think the whole looks doing a good thing over there,
0: Tom. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm Thank you so much. I've
1: you. I've been messing around with different different types of sh- glasses you know, different frames i'm i'm still not sure I'm, I'm growing into myself at the age of 49 and seven months so we'll you see. gotta date a few pairs to know what you love so it's yeah that's, that's that's true. All good. don't that's talk to me about dating right now all right yeah. um
0: i actually i, I had a, yeah. a a thought this is first of all you know again i i think that just in an everyday life this is so important and i think it's so uh meaningful everything that you're saying ken and and tal of course um thank you there's a i i think that it's interesting because you know you hear a lot these days about emotional intelligence and from what i see emotional intelligence is you know is basically knowing your audience and seeing and being mindful of how things will land when you're giving feedback or when you're when you're gauging a situation and and it uh, to me, emotional intelligence is, of course, internal, but it's projected out, whereas what Ken is talking about is more, a lot more introspection and um, not so much control, but discipline in being able to know that you have to be intentional about listening to someone else and taking that that feedback in and to be able to then pivot and give it back. And I think that's a muscle that a lot of people don't work very well or, or a lot. And I think it's a lot more needed these days, especially with all the echo chambers that are out there and, and what people can, you know, uh, tend to argue about or, or disagree about. I think it's really, it's very key.
2: EJ, what, what's compelling you to share that? So so Um, what is it with you that, that it is just hitting in a certain way,
1: right?
0: It's, well, I just, I, I think that um, there's been a lot of, like I have his, my son is 15 years old and, and he is incredibly emotionally intelligent and uh, he can, you know, he, it's almost like he has, you know, spidey sense and when he walks into a room and, and he can know, okay, this person's upset, this person's not upset. And he's very, he's very good about um, gauging that. And and to a certain extent, I'm pretty good at it. I, I think he's better than I am actually at it. Um, but he's also super not defensive, but in a lot of ways he's very closed off. In in that um he doesn't want to
1: He's a teenager, you know that, right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's usually a factor.
0: Yeah, his frontal lobe's not <laughs> totally formed. I don't know if mine ever did, but um hmm. he's you know, he just tends to be very uh um, how do I say this? Like, like coming, anything that you say to him, of course, is, is, um, uh, aggressive, right? Like, unless, unless you're, you're spouting love and unless you're spouting, you know, confidence and praise, it's, it's, you know, he gets very, very defensive and, um, I I just have been going through this a lot recently. So this is why it's kind of like top of mind where I'm like, okay, this makes a lot more sense.
1: Well, and let me refine it actually. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that and add a component that we really haven't talked about, which is tensions, high stakes debates, right? Mm. Uh, it's a, it's a lot easier to be honest and uh, transparent and, and, and open when the stakes are less high and, and, or, um you're not facing serious hardship and actually that's a you know i'd I'd love to have you maybe lean into your own story um you know during covid you had a pregnant wife you were not earning Uh, talk to me about no honesty when you know when when you're dealing with with that so the first the first leap i had so my wife was pregnant
2: with our daughter and i came to her with this idea i said i'm going out on my own I'm going to do my own thing. What do you think about that? And I've had plenty of bad ideas in life. And she looks at me and she says, no, it's a terrible idea. But this time she's like, no, I love it. It's perfect for you. This is what you're intended to do. Right. So I had total support from her probably at the worst time in our lives together. Right. Because we're about to have this baby. She, she's working. She's a physical therapist. And, 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 I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm turning it off, this other thing that I'm doing, and I'm going to this. I had no income coming in. And you know what I think is so important about that moment is when you have nothing, when you are suffering or you can see the suffering coming is when it really separates some of the great entrepreneurs from the ones that aren't totally committed, right? Right. I mean, for me, there was no other choice but to go after this hard. And I had to because I'm not going to let my family suffer. You know, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that we have the appropriate income coming in. Right. And so because of that suffering um, or seeing the suffering that's coming, man, I think it just made me almost crazy to just like hit it so hard and to make sure this thing worked. And and we probably it, it was difficult Um I mean, it's not like we had no money, right? My wife was working a little bit. Um, and so I don't wanna make it sound like that, but we were definitely draining accounts and and I was being as cheap as I could and until I like I found my way. And about and I gave it my all for a hard seven months, and I had one moment of doubt. One moment. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if this is gonna work, this this practice.
1: When did of, it okay. come and what and why? What 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 brought that about?
2: I I just, the income wasn't what I expected according to my plan. And the successes that I envisioned in my head were not taking place at the rate that I wanted and the relationships weren't panning out and just all these things. And so I had this one moment of weakness and I'm like, you know, I'm going to submit my resume somewhere. You know, that's what I'm going to do. And when I hit send, I felt the ickiest I've ever felt felt that's not me, that's not what I wanna do, what the hell is wrong with me? And if anything, it just, it it woke me up to, no, I'm gonna go after this dream. And I I swear to you, it couldn't have been like three weeks after that, but just a series of clients poured in. Um, And so all that hard work from seven months prior had paid off, it just, it was a longer cycle. I didn't fully understand the business and the industry. And then it all hit at the same time and then blew up from there where I was helping out multiple clients
1: and more than I expected at the end of that year. Can I go backwards a little bit? You, you just said something that uh that triggered me a little bit. Um you said uh I said to myself, what the hell am I doing? Or something like that. What what exactly did you say? Something yeah. along those lines, right? <laughs> what was it that you said? What the hell is wrong with me? I think that's what you said. I think that's what you said. It could we,
2: we'll have been. We have to play it back. Well, but it is something
1: I, in that essence, right? Something, in that, something essence. in that essence. Can, can we like talk a... about negative self-talk? And, oh yeah, uh, we can. And, mm. Yeah, because I, 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 I happen to believe I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that oftentimes we are our own worst enemies. And you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that, and I know that's a cliche, but cliches are cliches because they're true. So if, if you're, uh, if you're listening uh, or watching um and you're struggling it's um not only not <laughs> not uncommon but uh, more common that you're going to be really hard on yourself uh whether it's about oh i i i should have done this better i should have done that better um why am I why did i behave this way why did i say whatever i said etc you 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 it sounds like good things happened and clients came in um I'm going to guess that you do believe in manifesting things through positive thinking. Um, talk to me about self-talk and and particularly the need, especially in difficult moments to be extra gentle with yourself.
2: Right. You know, it's interesting. You know, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion as we're talking about it, but when when I negative talk, it to me, it's like trying to shed something. Right. Like when I said, like, what the hell am I doing or what's wrong with me? It's to get rid of that moment where I'm, I'm texting or I'm uh, about to send a resume to some other company, right? I'm trying to shed that moment and quite frankly, get back to a positive mindset, right? So I have this negative moment and I try to get rid of it. When other people are critical of me, it drives me even more. So if I get negative talk from other people, um, it it really propels me to help me get what I want. Now, now, here's here's a difference between, I think, some entrepreneurs who know what they want and those that don't, because there are many people that don't know what they want. When you don't know what you want, I think negative self-talk is pervasive. It's worse. It's confusing. You have a lot of unknowns, and so it spirals. So in other words, I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to get clear on what they want on a regular basis. Because then all of a sudden your vision becomes that thing in getting what you want, not kind of lost in these unknowns or lost in your own negative self-talk. But it's like, for me, it's like whatever it takes to make this goal hit or accomplish this dream. And so it's very important for people when maybe they're having doubt is to maybe seek a little clarity on what is it you want in that very moment and what is it you want in the long term? And just kind of get back to your core, back to your base, and once you have a vision for that, that's all you look at, and you go at it like crazy. And so I think that helps the the negative self talk. If you don't know what you want, though, I mean, you got to spend time exploring that
1: because you will flounder. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those two things are uh, somewhat mutually exclusive. Yeah, if you don't know what you want, I would agree with with uh, the last statement. I, I I could tell you that you know in my life, and I'm you know, again, I'm almost 50. I've been in business, uh, 30 years. I've started six companies. Um, the best lesson I've learned in the last several years is to be gentle with myself. And, Mm. uh, and so the, in the urge or the, you know, um, the inclination to say or think something negative to yourself about yourself is, 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 is just built in. Uh, and what I'm, doing now is i'm catching myself as i do that and i somewhat apologize to myself i say oh you know what that was a little harsh Mm -hmm. um i know that wherever this thought's coming from it's oftentimes a part of me that's afraid or unsure i say "I, i know you're trying to help um but you know let's be gentle here let let's 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 be gentle with ourselves and and i think especially if you're trying to foster um honesty and openness being gentleness and kindness, including to self, maybe even beginning with self Mm -hmm. feels to me like, like uh, an absolutely critical ingredient to that. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I I think I'm learning something here. So, so I'm not going to say that, that, that hits completely with me. Uh, you know, I do a lot of, sometimes I am beating myself up pretty hard, but it, but it drives me. Um, I,
1: I think, oh, there why, are- by, why do you have to beat yourself so hard? Why, why can't you drive yourself with positivity? Yeah, you why, can't. why do people, why do people? I and mean, entrepreneurs do this in themselves? Let's face it. This is uh-huh. an entrepreneurial thing. I'm going to work 24 hours in, you know, 25 hours in a 24 hour day. And if I happen to take an hour off to go, you know, watch my kid play ball, which by the way, you mm-hmm. know, my, my children are grown, but when my kids were young, I missed a lot of things. And when I did, when I missed them, I beat myself up. And when I went to them, I beat myself up. hmm yeah.
2: I, I, I mean, maybe I do do it naturally. The thing that you're talking about with doing it with gentleness. I, I think I don't, I don't hang there long. Right. So I'll beat myself up and it's a quick punch. Um, but then I move on. Right. And I think I do proceed with positivity. Um, but I, but to me, I need that punch. I think I got to recover from it quickly though. Right. Like if you stay there and you hang with a punch and you're beating yourself up for, for minutes, onto hours, onto days, God forbid, months, Um, yeah, you're going to ruin your psyche and your positive fortitude. And so what I think more so what it it is for me, and you're saying gentleness, and I think that's going to help a lot of people, right? They're going to resonate with that. I I think another way to look at it is, yeah, you're going to take that punch. That's a thought you couldn't avoid. It hits you. But you got to rid yourself of that thought immediately, like move on from it pass it by let it go so you can move on right and so I think I don't know I think there's two methods here that are really helpful for people I, uh, I, potentially. I, I did agree. it a little differently
0: I mean I, I totally agree I it, it's really weird that this whole conversation has come up now because literally two days ago I was having a conversation with my son about this very okay. topic about being hard on yourself and um I'm the king of self-deprecation right I I will I will say bad things about myself whether it's business or not, I will say bad things about myself at all times, mostly as a deflection so that I beat anyone else to the punch, right? If you're going to call me fat too late, already did it. If you're going to call me dumb too late, already did it, right? Like it's, it's just like this, it's not so much in from a business mindset. I'm just talking about like, this is my day, right? And I've had many people come up and say, oh, you know, you're too hard on yourself. And I'm like, no, I, you know, I know I'm great. I'm just going to, this is my, this is part of my humor, but I've also seen how that can kind of be adopted by your child. Right. And, and so I have a son who's fantastic and he's hard on himself. I'm like, Whoa, 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 hold on. (laughs) Don't do that. Right. And, and I I actually asked him, I said, promise me you're always going to be kind to yourself because Mm that you have to, because if you're not kind to yourself um, at some point in your day where you have that foundation to build off of, you have to be settled and you have to have that, that sense of peace and, and and calm in order for you to go through life moving forward. So just be kind to yourself.
2: And, and you know what? He has been um, and then he's also been bad to himself. Of course. So I think that, you know, there's 8 billion people on this planet. Every single person, I feel like I can say this with absolute certainty, has some sort of positivity within them or a positive mindset within them. Some people just have 0.5% and some people have 98%, right? And so it's it's within everybody. And, and so it's just a matter of helping them realize like they do have it and help them scale that and take steps to grow it. Sure. Um Right. And so, you know, I'm thinking about your son. I'm thinking about my teenage years and, you know, how much I lacked openness, but I had honesty. It was a very interesting time. It was not a healthy equation, by the way. Um, But once I learned openness, man, did my eyes just open up to everything around me. And I think when you are open, you are more positive, too. Right. When you're negative, you hate everything. Wells are up. Right. You're not being open. It's your way. It's my way. I don't like what that person says. I'm critical of this. Um, I think openness, uh uh and positive positive mindset and growth mindset, they're all closely
1: intertwined. Right. So good. Very cool. Good stuff. So let's let's uh you know, as you're thinking about uh, you know, the 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 average listener here and and uh and how what they can take away from uh from the open and honest, uh, communication that you promote into their day today. What can, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing Ken. I think, you know what, what Ken says makes sense, but I'm, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I've already got a company. I've got some employees. I've got some clients. Maybe that hasn't been the way I've operated up to this point. Um, and I, but I, I see it as the better way. How do I start? How do you start? Of course, you can hire Ken and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that for I'll sure. But beyond smart. that, right?
2: Yeah, I think it's gain an obsession with open and honest. And to phrase it a little bit differently is try to attain and gain access to the true condition at all times. So what is the true condition?
0: That was my question. If
2: you do not have the true condition, you can't improve. Right. So if I'm working with a leadership team or I'm working with an entrepreneur and they skirt the truth or they hide things or they're not being themselves, it's extremely difficult to help them. I do not have the true condition. How hard is it to improve and get what you want when you don't know the true condition? And the true condition is many forms. One, you have not gained the competency to do this at a high level. That would be a true condition that maybe some people need to accept. Right, And I'm, I'm constantly looking at myself and I'm saying, am I strengthening my competency so that I can really deliver a message home? Or you are receiving criticism from clients or customers of yours. If you're not listening to that, you're not trying to gain the true condition, right? If you're just blocking them out. I hear it all the time with clients. They're like, oh, yeah, we got a bad review, but you know, it's just some grumbly person over here. Well, I, I don't know. I mean sometimes it's it
1: you're you're blocking something
2: that is the true condition.
1: So, and it's, so would you, would you suggest yeah. I'm an I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a CEO, I'm I'm a leader, I'm, I run a department whatever whatever wherever I am in 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 an org chart. Would you suggest that the first thing I do is take out a, you know, a, a legal pad, write true condition at the top and and actually write in longhand the true condition of whatever it is that I'm running to be as honest with myself does no honesty start with honesty with myself.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Right. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I came
2: up with the idea, right? I'm right. like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, legal, bad, true condition at the top. It's great. But I, I, I think that's a, that's an incredible place to start. You know, it, it's in you. Like everybody's got it in them. It's just a lot of times they choose not to listen and that's killing them. Um, right. And, and you don't want to, is that where it starts? Yeah. Cause if you, if you are not willing to be open to where you're at and where you stand and you're not willing to listen to things coming in, and you're not willing to listen to yourself as you talk. I mean, what do you really know? Right. It's just a facade. It's a fake. You're projecting some, something that
1: it's just not you. And that's the worst place to be, right? That's the kind I of want to t- I want to take it to another scenario. That, that yeah, as I'm thinking about it, it's a, it's you know it's it's something that I've experienced in in my career. Um, you know, as I was when I was CEO of iControl Control Data, um, we were selling innovation uh, to grocery stores, drugstores, convenience stores. Still, the company still does that. I'm on the board, um, and what we often ran into was internal resistance that was not based on this isn't better, but it was based on this might make me superfluous and cause my job to be eliminated. So I am being honest with myself, at least that I'm resisting this because it potentially puts me in harm's way, me and my family. Mm -hmm. How do you balance honesty and self-interest when those two things sometimes um, don't align? Well one, the, the goal is to be
2: hundred percent honest as much as you can, an unattainable goal for all human beings.
1: Uh it'll never happen. But the goal is to be as honest as you can be. So So that- would you suggest that, you know, if if, if I'm um uh, you know, an executive at uh, you know, Acme Grocery, I'm making that up, that I admit to my boss, listen, <laughs> this is good innovation, but let me tell you why I'm not for it. I'm not for it because it might cause you to eliminate my job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really? I mean, that's, so let's we talk about. It I mean, that's super go. interesting. I, I find that fascinating and, and it, it's definitely new thinking. Tell me more about that.
2: Yeah. So if you, first of all, there's going to be moments where quite literally you cannot be honest because it'll cr- cause super harm. Right. So can we be clear about that? Right. There's, there's so many different scenarios people will give me and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like you got me in that one little nuance, that one little moment in time where yes, you have to drop your honesty in order to protect harming someone or something very badly. But then get back to the path, get back to your pursuit of honesty and and keep trying to be as honest as possible. And so back to organizations, you know, I'm encouraging every single organization that I work with to relentlessly pursue being as open and honest as you can be. Just keep increasing that. And what that creates is almost like a a radical transparency in the organization so we know where everything stands. So if an employee, for instance, is upset, but they don't share it, you can do nothing with it. You cannot improve the condition. You cannot help them. So if if somebody surprise quits on you, it's because you are not completely open and honest, right? If, because you would know in advance, if they were completely open and honest with you and you were open and honest back, you know that they're thinking about other jobs or they're thinking about leaving. And so you're just, you're so, you're attached to the true condition in a way that just helps you pivot in so many different directions. And in the scenario that you're giving, I just think if the company could, be okay with that more. They know where the issues really land. and they're also choosing to give a voice to all their employees as well, right? And I, I think AI is a great example of this, right? Like AIs could take over jobs and a lot of times I'll get I'll get clients that are like maybe we should hide this. And then I got these other clients. they're like, I think we need to talk about it. And when they do, they have access to the true condition. They hear all the other ideas, you see the employees coming up with more ideas, brainstorming on how we can pivot or how we can grow, how we can save jobs, how we can move to different seats if our jobs are taken. So everybody's involved. Right. And so it's a it's a stronger ecosystem because everybody's involved as opposed to just the top down holding on to secrets, which, by the way, is going to hurt somebody anyways. So if they just drop them in hiding AI, been hiding AI, and so all of a sudden they launch AI, and by the way we're going to cut thirty five jobs. Well now these thirty five people had no idea it was coming, and they couldn't benefit their life in any way. And bam, they're just out the door, and now they got to start from scratch. Had they known it six months ago, they could have either helped the company, but also looked for other opportunities at the same time. And so I mean it's so damaging when we hide, you know. You know, so there's an ethical responsibility for the leadership to be more transparent. And I'm not saying like if you're a company that's only been 5% transparent, that you ratchet up and you go to 100% tomorrow. That would be insanity and probably really bad for you. But just tiptoe, get to 10% transparency. Start letting your people in on a little bit more. Start cluing them into some of the issues. Get to 20%, 30%. Um, and you will be happier with your organization, right? As opposed to trying to hide things all the time or try to carry the weight by yourself.
1: So Ken, a couple of things. One thing that came to mind as you were talking is I know, I know that you, uh, you had, uh, run a t-shirt company at one point, and I think you should start it. You should, you should absolutely produce t-shirts that say true condition. I think it's a great thing to put on a t-shirt, maybe no honesty on the back. And, uh, Ken, I will expect my, my, my royalties on that idea. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, even on the point you just made, I mean, I, I, uh, I found myself leaning in hard into the logic of that. I think it's it's uh, the absolute truth that um, there's always opportunity to be more transparent. Um, you know, in in my own experience, at, you know, at at uh, you know, one of the companies I ran, we were going through a very difficult time. I needed to furlough people. Um, and I had a very candid conversation where I told them I did not know when, whether I could bring them back or when, um, you know, I had to cut pay and I cut mine more than anyone else. So there's ways to be accountable, uh, and transparent and it's risky and, you know, leadership. I mean, I, I could think of a scenario, the one that you just described, um, where 30 people might be eliminated because of whatever, because some improvement it doesn't have to be AI. It could be anything, the automation, right. robotics. And the risk a company runs about being transparent, but I'm, I'm the boss and I've got a department of 35 people. I'm about to replace it uh, with a robot and two people. If I go tell you now that that's gonna happen, you might quit on me two months from now and I need you for six and I've got clients to service and I have you know warehouses to run, operations, whatever it is that I do. I still believe that what you're saying is right. I still believe you have to lean into honesty how do you do that? I mean, in that scenario, how do you balance the fact that you have an obligation to your customers, to your shareholders, if you have them, to your investors, to the rest of your employees to yeah. protect the the business while also having, I believe, a, at least a moral obligation and maybe beyond moral to be more truthful with people? Right it's
2: choosing between people or profits does it have to be a choice it doesn't have to be because it can be done you can be a hundred percent honest and a hundred percent loving and and i think people respond to it better your reputation is more intact but i i mean there's 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 just such a spectrum of the amount of honesty that you're going to have right you're not necessarily rolling out your 20 page plan who we're going to cut and when that could be really damaging but at the same time is that's really serving the people and that's serving probably next to no profits right um because that one's going to be a little more st- um strict but I, but I think if what you're the scenario you're giving me is likely an organization that that maybe hasn't historically been real transparent. If you think about some of these companies that have have selected to be transparent upfront historically, it's a lot easier to now deliver your honesty. Your employees are more clued in. They would have known months ago that, that we've been looking into AI. They would have known months ago that maybe this division was losing profits and that there was gonna be changes. But if, but if you're hiding it and then all of a sudden you ratchet up transparency, it, it, there is going to be some sort of blowback from that. So, in other words, like start tiptoeing in and start building in an open and honest culture now so that these things aren't such a big surprise when they arrive. And so, and it starts with a boss to a direct report and then that direct report to their direct report. The the leadership team's gotta get on board. If the leadership team's not on board, forget it. It's not gonna work for the rest of the organization. That's why we typically work with just leadership team members, because if they're not gonna choose to have it, well, forget it. We can't help the rest of your organization then. Sure.
1: Um Ken, let's uh let's let's finish on a lighter note. Um yeah, two yeah. things about you that that caught my eye uh in the pre-interview. One is this really strange thing where you're Lord Business from Lego. So I, I'd love to understand that a little bit more. Yeah. And secondly, you wrestled in high school and uh, you told us that you wrestled a vertically uh, challenged individual, a one-legged guy and two women. So yeah. let me start there. <laughs> Who won each of those? Let, let's start with the vertically challenged, uh, then go to the one-legged guy and then finish with the two women. Yep. Um, so who I, won each of those wrestling matches?
2: I almost want to leave everybody in suspense. Mm. Lost to one of the four. Um, mm. Interesting. And, and it was all—it's just interesting, right? Because every time I share that story, they're like, "What? Do you wrestle all those people at the same time?" And I'm like, "Stop with your sick fantasies!" No. I so
1: when I when I wrestled. Oh, yeah. so you didn't wrestle? I I assumed you wrestled the two women at the same time. I must admit. <laughs> no, that's uh, you know what I got gotcha. you. So it was two women wrestled was separately. That makes there, a lot more sense. Was by there the way. Joe Thank involved? You for clarifying that.
0: A vat of Spaghetti, you guys were working in like you know, <laughs> is this kid's spring break. I don't I, know what's happening here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I lost.
2: I lost to the guy with one leg. So if you can imagine this, and so he. was missing one leg right or lost one leg i don't know his story but the rest of that leg weight is on the rest of your body so you're wrestling in in many ways a bigger weight class and i'm like well i i'm just gonna take him down and you know i don't know i'm gonna pin him i mean this shouldn't be hard and i shook his hand i remember this great strength coming from his hand and i'm like oh i'm in for it now and soon as I shook his hand, but like, he just came at me like crazy. He was so strong; I could do nothing with him. And I just—I tried
1: everything I could, um, but he rolled me in the second round and he pinned me. And yeah, I wonder if he wrestled Erez Avramov. So, so Ken, uh, you know, for, for those of you listening, there's going to be there is another podcast. It, it may be out at the time you're listening to this. So look for it. Our interview with Erez Avramov, who is uh, the man who refuses to die. And among uh, the many uh, misfortunes in his life, uh, he had to uh, make a difficult decision to amputate his leg above the knee. Um, and he uh, is also an incredibly strong guy. I don't know. I mean, he, was, he he grew up in Israel. I, I assume, Ken, you did not grow up in Israel. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. OK, so so it probably was not Erez. But uh, I think he would still I think he'd beat your ass. I got I got to be honest. I think Erez <laughs> would I think he'd pin you. I think you know he was an Israeli commando, so I th- I think he'd oh. pin you. I think you wouldn't get up. I think uh, yeah. you know.
2: Uh, yeah, but I'd still that's give my it a shot. I'd give it a shot. But. <laughs> there you go. There you
1: go. I believe it. You're 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 a courageous guy and an honest guy, and it's been an incredible privilege to talk to you today, Ken. I think what you're doing is absolutely of the most uh, the highest importance. Um, I encourage people to reach out to you. I think that uh, you know the concept of approaching things openly and honestly is uh, the wave of the future, the direction things will go. Uh, we are in a different era where your customers, your employees expect more. Uh, if you're a new entrepreneur and you're starting your company, starting it from a place of open openness and honesty is the right place to start. And then stay true to that. If you're in an established business, there's no uh, there's no shame in admitting that you haven't always been the best you can be. And there's an opportunity for you to step up and uh start that uh start that uh that move in that direction immediately uh today um and uh ken it's been an honor and a pleasure i appreciate your time and i look forward to hearing more uh about people following this methodology to better outcomes and better life
0: yeah actually i was gonna say todd we should have him on later Right, let's let's re let's circle back with Ken. I love that. In six months, a year, whatever the case may be, hear how things are going, see how you know you're really uh, you really affecting corporate culture out there and helping companies uh, be a lot more open and honest. And then we'll really get into this Lego thing because I'm interested. So it'll be awesome. Oh yeah, we forgot the Lego. No, we can we can still get into that. Let, let's fin- <laughs>
1: let's finish on the Legos. What the heck is that all about? little bit of an encore. I, uh, so when I'm in the session
2: room, I, I tend to drive a pretty mean agenda, right? Like I'm just getting these clients focused on what they need to do. And if you've ever seen the movie, uh, the Lego movie, and it has Lord Business in it, this is a gift a client gave me. Um And he would tease it even me. even looks like you. <laughs> it, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I don't know and they would just tease me and call me lord business because that's how i drove an agenda and then afterwards i mean i know how to go have fun but i'm in such a mode of just getting these clients in 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 the mindset of getting what they want that i'm sure i'm driving perhaps to mean an agenda um you know really trying to push it through um so you know i got it it's a great little story and gift from this person and it keeps me thinking make sure I have a little bit of fun in the session room at the time at the time of working with clients. So um, it's it's good guys, guys, this, Hey, this is incredible. I love what you're doing. I love the name braving business. Uh, You two seem like great, authentic, genuine, good people. And I'd love to stay in your lives. So uh, I love that. And if there's any way I can help you, let me know. And if anybody reaches out to you and they question some of these philosophies,
1: well, uh, send them your the way, finder, we
2: promise. Yeah. Be open to it. It's okay. Of <laughs> it's okay to question philosophy. And so I'm open to it as well. So I appreciate you guys very much. Thank, Thank
0: you all right for putting then.
2: it all out there, Ken. Thank you. All right.
0: And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for being a part of the Braving Business Podcast listening audience. Be on the lookout for our weekly interviews with fascinating leaders in business and gain insight into their mindset of how they took to braving business in their own lives and careers. Check us out on YouTube, LinkedIn, and all of your favorite streaming services. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time on the Braving Business Podcast.